Welcome to the Paper Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan James. Thank you for joining me today. Um, today ha- happens to be uh, June 28th, um, 2023. And one of the things on my mind, you know, in light, we've had a very, very, um, let's see, roller coaster banking year, you know, and it's, we're just now at the halfway mark. So who knows what the second half of the year is going to, you know, hold for the rest of us. But, you know, it's been interesting to say the least. Um, Article I recently read was talking about the House is looking to pass a bill that will require large banks to have chief risk officers. Now, this is in um, regards to Silicon Valley Bank not having a chief risk officer where they ultimately divide. Um, when they ultimately went under, they didn't have a chief risk officer on staff. You know, what is a chief risk officer? Um, in my mind, you know, I've never worked at a, you know, trillion dollar bank, $50 billion bank. I've always been in the community bank level. But in my mind, a chief risk officer would be somebody that understands every aspect of the bank and would be involved in asset liability management, uh, lending, deposits, um, all risks associated to the bank, whether you're banking third-party processors, how does that impact other operations, and really have a great idea of, you know, when one department is working on uh, a new product that is sending out consumer compliance, how consumer-related products, how does that relate to UDAP? How does that relate to other aspects of the business? Is it going to take away um, compliance um, from other parts of the bank. Because, you know, just because one department and one silo is focused on one thing doesn't mean it's not going to affect another silo of the bank. Um, you know, I kind of, I didn't grow up through the banking strictly as a lender. Um, I was the um, chief financial officer prior to even being in the lending side. So I know the balance sheet, uh, you know, I know how things go back and forth, the banks and, you know, how, you know, net interest margin isn't always what it's cracked to be. It's your true cost of funds, and that's going to take in your cost of your buildings and everything else it takes in order to get those deposits to either lend out or to invest. So, you know, it is a good idea to have somebody as a chief risk officer. Yeah, every big bank should have one. But in the thing, again, you know, that's not the reason why the, the banks went under is because they didn't have chief risk officer. They were mismanagement. Having a chief risk officer, you know, this kind of falls back on what government does and what government does best. Oh, we're going to have an idea that is most out there. I'm sure the big banks are pretty excited that that's all that's going to happen. I got to have a chief risk officer to placate the examiners. I mean, come on. Um, you know, these the banks were mismanagement and they were misregulated. That is the crux of it. Still, you go in there and have a system of actually auditing a bank and looking at substance of what they're doing, what types of product mix they have, how does it affect the, you know, their deposits? Yes. How much is uninsured? What sectors the deposits in? Is it all in one sector? Is it spread out their geographies? Is it, you know, the same communities? All of this comes into play. And ultimately, yes, it should be the president's responsibility in understanding the risk throughout the whole bank and having trusted advisors in your institution that are telling you the true story, not what they think you want to hear, but actually the truth that is going on under your organization. Um, you know, I've, I've been in banking many years. Uh, I've spent several years under a consent order and have been examined more times than I can think. And one of the biggest issues I see with examinations, examiners really 
don't understand substance. It, to them, it is form over substance. In my mind, it doesn't matter about form. It's whether you're actually doing the work. But, you know, in the beginning and early in my career, even when we were doing the right thing, that didn't matter in the examiner's eyes if you did not have it in minutes and you didn't have, have it in here. And in their eyes, you have so many meetings and minutes that you documented everything, but Okay, it's documented, but you didn't actually do the work because you had no time because you were stuck in all these uh, meetings and minutes. Um, so, you know, there has to be a balance where you have truly examiners that can get in there and give their real honest feedback on whether the banks are truly substantially being substantive and doing not only the right thing, but looking at the right risk, not just focusing on the graph or that they have a risk officer or they have this. You know, how many chiefs do we need in organizations? We already have in place a system where it can be audited. And we can see, you know, there was already the concerns. If you look at um, the other banks that went under, the examiners had concerns and things. But I guess in that position, I, you know, did they have enough teeth to say, don't grow, don't do this? You know, th th that's where... I think it comes in there. There definitely needs to be where you, t you talk to the examiners because in reading some of the, um, the findings of the other banks that um, were taken over uh, and failed this year, um, the examiners told them they're at risk, but then they, at the end of the day, it is the bank's responsibility to assume that risk, you know, that, okay, in light regulators, you brought to me the tension that this is risky. Um, but you know what? We feel that we've mitigated it and we're going to go forward anyway. So, yes, there needs to be that fine balance. You can't tell them exactly what to do. If it's not in a form of law or regulation, just because you don't like the program doesn't mean you can't stop them. But if it is truly affecting the safety and soundness and the regulators can truly demonstrate by what you're doing is impacting the safety and soundness in these manners, then I, I don't understand how they've allowed you know, those banks to grow so immensely during that time period of two to three times their size while everybody knew that the money that was put on the market was put in artificially. And then at some point that money was artificially going to be also brought out of the market. So um, common sense just is not playing in um, politicians' minds, it's not playing in regulators' minds, it's not playing in, paying attention into bankers' minds. So, you know, somehow <laughs> we got to bring that back and take ownership of your own house. So, I don't see it so much in banks, but I see in fintechs, you know, brand new startup is going to have 30 chiefs of this, chief of that. Well, there's so many chiefs, there's nobody actually doing the real work. And I don't know about you, but I think we've got enough chiefs out there. And bankers need to actually hire practitioners that are doing the compliance and doing the work and listening to the people that are actually in your organization doing the work. Quit listening to the chiefs. You need them, but talk to your employees that are in operations, your teller's front line. Talk to them about what can be done to protect the bank better. Guarantee you there is a lot of great ideas that are coming from internally that you have not even spoken to. Thank you for listening today. Um, please, comments, concerns, if there's anything you'd like me to talk about, um, send me a message. Um, love to hear from you. Have a good day.